0: In this episode, I interviewed Katie Marigi-Eads, a PhD education researcher specialising in school leadership. Katie talked about her findings so far, and what she and other researchers believe good leadership in schools looks like. I actually met Katie in the school playground a few short weeks ago, so it was wonderful to have a conversation on a deeper level rather than worrying about dirty coats and lost book bags. Katie shares some really interesting thoughts on what she feels school leadership should be based on her research. I hope you find the interview as insightful as I did. So, Katie, thank you so much for joining me on the Teachers Podcast today. It's a pleasure, absolute pleasure. Um, so we actually met in the school playground. We did. Yeah, a few yes. a few weeks ago because our uh, children are have started nursery. Yeah. We have nursery class, um, and I got talking to you about um, what you are doing in terms of school leadership. Um, and the research and the study that you're doing around that. Mm -hmm. So I just thought it would be great to get you on the podcast to talk about that, especially with um, the Ofsted framework changing recently. Um, So one thing I like to do is get everyone to give me a background of their journey. So do you want to do that first and then we know who you are? Who I am? Well, um, um, originally I was a teacher for eight years Mm -hmm. um, in
1: a primary school in Leeds, but before that I did a degree in music. Um, oh, many years ago now 2008 I graduated mm-hmm. and I thought what can I do with my life I never thought I'd ever be a teacher it wasn't the thing that I wanted to do yeah. um, so I worked in retail for a couple of years and thought oh actually maybe I will be mm-hmm. a teacher I can't like to, to train people so why shouldn't I go and have a yeah. look yeah. Um, So I got in on the merits of having um, music as a degree I'm yeah. playing the piano. They're like, can you play the piano? I was like, yeah, I can. You're in.
0: Yes. That's how it goes, you know. So people <laughs> get into, the, you know, the interview, they get a job, don't they, based on whether they can play a piano In my In my
1: interview into the school I went into, I went in, he showed me around, and he went, play this. And you should know, the piano is my seventh instrument out of seven. So I'm not, like, the most proficient player of the piano. Mm-hmm. I had to play skip to the loo, darling, and I couldn't. <laughs> I was like, oh. But I did it and he employed me anyway oh well. and so eight years later I was still there and then I left because man- management changed and you know when something doesn't feel right, mm-hmm. it's not the same values that you have. Yeah. So I thought this isn't for me, I'll go somewhere else and I came into instant money because of various inheritance and things like that and I went to do a masters in education, in teaching and learning got told her to be doing leadership and management instead because I was good at it. Mm -hmm. And i have just finished that and now I'm starting my PhD in education with a focus on leadership.
0: Okay, so PhD in education, I mean... I'm brave, right? Yeah, honestly, (laughs) when you told me that, I was like, wow. Are you mad? Yes. Yes, but also in awe as well because it's just, I feel like it's just massive. Just this massive thing to undertake. It is pretty massive. It is.
1: I had my first supervision meeting at university this week, mm-hmm. and I sat there and I said to my supervisor, so what do I do now? Now, I've done the master's, right, and got a distinction, yeah, yeah. smashed that, but now I've got to do it by myself. Yes. And as a teacher, you know, hierarchy is is king in schools.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, if you're a teacher, you're just a teacher, you're not allowed to be anything else. Mm-hmm. And now I've got serious imposter syndrome because I'm a researcher.
0: Yeah.
1: And the dean said to us all, oh, you're all researchers now. And I went, oh, me? Yeah. I'm the same as you? Yeah. And that's really hard. Yeah. I've got to sort of reset, press the reset button
0: and, and go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've been really pleased for you as well. Um, So you've obviously done a master's in leadership um, in school and oh. you're starting this PhD. So what what have you learned about leadership in school? So the first lecture I ever went to
1: Um, about leadership was also the first one I've ever ever had in masters and I walked in and after three hours I walked out and suddenly thought oh this is what it feels like this is what leadership should be Mm -hmm. so when you're in school you know you see as a teacher you think I'll just do my job and and my boss is my head teacher and, and I'll do as I'm told to do and then when you go away and you learn something new And you think, oh, maybe it wasn't right. Mm. So I learned that leadership isn't just about the person at the top of the the school being in charge. I learned that we're all involved in it. Mm. And, you know, if you want to be a successful leader, you have to understand your people. Yeah. And that was the biggest thing I ever took away. Because where I was working before, that wasn't the case at the end of my career. So that's definitely what the biggest thing I learned
0: was. I think that's really interesting, actually, because um, obviously I was a teacher before. I was in school and then I've gone into business and... I didn't really know anything about business, and then I've done a lot of reading around that, listening to a lot of books, and I think in the business world we're really aware of that. Like good leaders, I include everybody and everything. Whereas in school, we're just not. I mean, this obviously it's not every school, but in my experience, I can see how it was completely different, and yep. um, maybe we don't think about leadership, or we don't think that's something we need to improve. We improve the curriculum. We improve teaching and learning, but we don't always improve the way we lead. If you look at academies, academy trusts,
1: especially the multiple ones, the really, really big ones, they've got this strong leadership team in place. Mm. They have done it before. Like a business. They know how it works. Compare it to a local authority school, I've had the same TED teacher for a long time. They they bear a lot of the weight for mm. that school yeah. because they feel alone. Mm. And that's a dangerous place to be. Um, whereas maths have got it. They know how to work it just like a business. Yeah, yeah.
0: So do you think leaders are getting the right CPD then in schools in England? Absolutely not.
1: Absolutely not. If I think about the leaders that I know, and as a, I was a middle leader, mm-hmm. um, and you, I went on an MPQML, and what does that teach me? Managing people. Mm-hmm. It doesn't teach you how to lead people. Mm. And you're expected to step up to the role and just go for it with nothing. Yeah. You can do a master's. Lots of her teachers do have master's, but in what... Yeah. It depends.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you're about well, you just started your PhD. Have you had any thoughts about how you're gonna conduct your research?
1: I had to write a research proposal for my PhD.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, which is oh, It's two thousand words, so it's very, very short. Mhm. I just did a fifteen thousand word dissertation. You can imagine how to sort of compress it all. Yeah, yeah. Um so I'm doing The official term is an explanatory sequential mixed methods research. Say again? Explanatory sequential mixed methods research.
0: Right, okay.
1: So it's not action research. I'm not going to go in there and do it. Mm -hmm. Um, My days of classroom practice have gone. Yeah. I see myself much as a researcher now. Yeah. So I will speak to teachers, ask them to do a questionnaire or a small survey. Yeah. That's my initial place to be. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I build on it with observations and, or talking to them and having conversations with real people in the workplace. Yeah. So the idea as is, is sequential is you start from one and you build on it. Mm-hmm. And then mixed methods, it means I can just use data as well as observations. Okay. So it sounds really fancy and big, but actually it's just like questionnaires and stuff.
0: All right, okay. <laughs> so you're doing it by questionnaires. Yeah. Um, so that's good to know. And how will you find the, the people to do that? That's a good question. Of
1: course I have to think about ethical concerns in in social sciences ethics is a massive thing it's mm-hmm. very different to something like chemistry or physics where you can go in and cut things up and yeah. take bits apart so I have to wait for ethical approval before I can even do anything Before mm-hmm. I can even breathe near somebody and ask them a question I have to yeah. wait I've got to find the schools that are remote find schools that are out there in the wilderness and ask them to even speak to me before I can even think about going there yeah that could be difficult
0: yeah yeah, so if you're listening to the podcast, there'll be a way to yes, contact Katie. Absolutely. Um, Sign up. Yeah, if you're interested <laughs> um, in being part of this research about uh, leadership in education. Um, okay, so obviously there's a new Ofsted framework out. Oh, yes. What do, what do Ofsted say leadership should be? Now? Yeah. Um, they've essentially read the manual about the
1: research they've done about effective leadership. So is,
0: is that a good thing? Yes,
1: on paper. If I've spoken to head teachers about it and they said, Yeah, on paper it looks brilliant. It's exactly what would matches to our values as leaders. That was a big difference before. Their own values didn't match those of Ofsted. And there was a huge problem because Ofsted would come in and say, Well, you're not getting value for money mm-hmm. and they go, But I'm more concerned about this. Yeah. Whereas now it's much more on staff well being. You know, are you looking after your staff? Are you developing your staff? And they're mm-hmm. like, Yeah, absolutely. So on paper, yes, but we'll have to wait and see, won't we? It's still a bit of an experimental phase.
0: Yes, obviously it's it's only just started, hasn't it, is it? it? Um, okay, so I was going to ask you if um, Ofsted are moving in the right direction, and I think that's hopefully yes.
1: I think they are, yeah. I think with the best intentions, they are. But on the other side of it, we're starting with deep dives. How do you justify doing a deep dive if you're thinking about staff wellbeing? It, it's a difficult place to, yeah, to I, lie in.
0: yeah. It's kind of like there's a section for leadership, but a section for something else as well. Yeah. Um, okay. So what does the research say that effective, leadership, effective leaders should be then?
1: There's lots of research on, on school leadership. Yeah. Um, there's big players in there, like uh, Kenneth Leithwood, who have come up with a sort of four ways to do it, and then there's other people who have built on that. So Professor Paul Miller, who's my professor at university, and his colleague, um, Disraeli Hutton, I've come up with eight characteristics built on another foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one is to shape a vision of success for all. Um, the other one is to um, create a hospitable climate in school, cultivate leadership in others, improve instruction and learning, managing people, data and processes, and modelling expected behaviours. It's all things that they have spoken to head teachers about or they've researched in... It's not just an overarching view of what what should be done. They've actually spoken to people about it. Yeah. And that's what they feel um, effective leadership is. And in school, when I've researched it, without telling them what the characteristics are, they've said exactly those things rather yeah. than Ofsted's idea, which is interesting. I didn't think I'd ever come out with that result, but it did.
0: Yeah, and, and that is... For me, I feel like that must be a step in the right direction then. Yeah. Do you think... Um, do you think teachers should become leaders um, do you think do you think obviously you're going to teaching for a reason um it's not obviously one certain type of person mm-hmm. but it also is you know do you think do you think they make effective leaders do you think you have to change your mindset to become effective leaders do you think there are only a small proportion that could be leaders you mm-hmm. it's there's, difficult There's it. an <laughs> argument
1: about um, trait leadership and all different kinds of leadership and I won't go into that because it's a complicated place to be and you'd, you'd be there for hours talking about it. Um, I I think that teachers can be leaders, they can be, but they need to be very self-aware and yeah. know their values and know where they stand before they be to do in anything else. Anyone can be a leader in their own right. It doesn't matter how where you are in school, so if you're somebody like I was and you had a degree in music and you were given music as your as your yeah. area, I was still a leader. And I had to make sure that I was comfortable with myself before mm. I did anything else. Yeah. So it very much depends on the person and
0: yeah. how
1: they feel about it.
0: Yeah, and I feel for me, one of the reasons why I'm asking that question is because of maths and, you know, there are, well, not even, even just maths, but there are a lot of um, there's a lot of talk, isn't there, about whether do we actually have somebody at the top who does have teaching experience, or do we bring in a business leader, you know, that kind of thing. I strongly feel you have
1: to know yeah. as a leader, you have to know what goes on. You have to have some level of expertise in there because otherwise, you are leading blind. Mm. So if you're going to be a, um, a CEO of business and you want to walk into a school and you want to run it. You don't know anything about education. and the nuance of education is so different. Mm. And the people are different and you've got children in there and they're very vulnerable and you've got parents and you've got community and you've got everything outside of that that you wouldn't necessarily have in a it's business. It's like a community rather
0: than a business, isn't exactly.
1: it? Exactly. It's just, it's a different kind of skill.
0: Yeah. It's almost like it should be um Well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> who who, <laughs> who who should look after that? Mm. Um I, I was gonna sort of talk about government but then that's probably not a good thing um so
1: <laughs> we won't go there <laughs> yes
0: let's not go there um okay so one of the things um with the podcast um that i'm quite clear on is that i want it to be um bring good value for teachers mm-hmm. um so in every episode there needs to be some value that they can implement yes so if we have uh, leaders listening right now mm-hmm. um can you give me some um uh, maybe one or two examples of something that leaders could be doing for their own professional development now, which is not going to like be really time onerous or anything like that?
1: It's tricky because obviously things cost money. Mm-hmm. So I was working on this quite hard at home to try and find things that were available to them that were quick. So every teacher should be a member of a union. And mm-hmm. if you are not, then you should be, mm-hmm. even as leaders. So I'm a member of the NAHT Edge, which is a middle leader, thing and they they offer cpd that's either free or discounted for teachers mm-hmm. and for leaders go for it sign up for everything sign up for um associations like BERA the British Educational Research Association I think for teachers you get discounted rate same same for Belmass. it's 25 pounds a year give or take here and there it's it's one-time investment for that year and in that you can get lectures you can get Audio things to listen to. You can get free journals. You can get to go to London for a nice lecture for free. Mm. Nice, wow, nice evening. Yeah, it does take a bit of time. That's one of the problems with it because, of course, everything is happening all at the same time. And for yeah. leaders, they balance all these plates and spin everything at the same time.
0: And often the leaders who still teach full time. Yep. Um. And and I find it very interesting because um, obviously I have a very busy role at Classroom Secrets, um, and I I'm obviously the leader. And I do listen to a lot of books about leadership and things. Mm-hmm. And I do do those in my own time. But then I'm not necessarily sitting down every single night to mark books either. No. So, and you can't listen to an audio book when you're marking books. Um, so it is, it is tricky sort of juggling those two things. The
1: easiest thing they can do is get on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Because people that I work alongside, the big researchers in universities, they, they all have Twitter. And they share their own work. They share the people's work. And that's a quick way quick and free way to get access to something because if you're not on social media i mean very few people aren't on social media nowadays yeah. but sign up for twitter absolutely it's a good place to start
0: yeah and i think twitter is a great place for all cpd really absolutely, rather yeah. than just about becoming a good leader um i feel i feel like it'd be great um to kind of have some momentum about um people in leadership roles in school wanting to be to be better and knowing that there is a way to be better
1: sometimes they're frightened to, yeah. to ask or to, frightened to be better because they've had to follow in the footsteps of somebody sort of a giant before them if yeah. you like
0: yeah
1: and that can be a scary thing but you've got to own it mm. you've got to be very comfortable you've got to have your values and be like right I'm going to make a success of this how am I going to do
0: it it doesn't have to be like the person before no. either no reinvent the wheel yeah okay um so obviously, you know, there's a life work balance problem in teaching. Yeah, as a
1: former teacher, I'm very uh, yeah. aware.
0: <laughs> do you feel like that is affecting, um, you know, a leader's ability to become a better leader? It can, if they feel
1: bogged down by everything. Mm-hmm. Because they've got a huge amount of things to do, especially yeah. with budget cuts and everything. They have to be more entrepreneurial and go out into the community and put their fields out and get everything. Mm. So work life balance is, is tricky. Because when you go home as a leader, even though you might've done twelve twelve hours in the day at school, you're still going to be working. Yeah. Because you have to carry everybody else with you. Yeah. And that's very very difficult.
0: Yeah, really difficult. Mm. I feel like it's a shame that um, you know. That, I mean, some leaders don't get any extra time, do no. they? And and even if you do, it's it's time in school. It's not time to develop yourself and and think about the fact that you're a leader and what does that mean and how do you sort of go forward. Yeah, it's hard because yeah.
1: it's not real time, is it? It's school time.
0: Yeah, this mm. is it. Okay. Um, so you told me before, I'm going to say this wrong, so I'm going to read it. Um, the NPQML, what's yes. that? Yes, National Professional Qualification of Middle Leadership. Hope I got that right. I'd be embarrassed if I didn't. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> so you did that when um, you were at school. I did. Um, obviously, and learned about leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you went on and you did a master's afterwards I did. about school leadership. Yes. You know, how would you compare the two? Well, there's no comparison. <laughs>
1: totally different. <laughs> Middle leadership is a great thing to do if you if you have just finished your like NQT year and you're in RQC. Go ahead and do it if you haven't ever managed before. Super. It's super experienced to look at things. It's a first introduction to research and reading and looking around at things outside of your area. Yeah. Um, but... If you want to really look into leadership, then you need to move away from that. There's a National College of Teaching and teaching Leadership. You can look there. And that's a great next step on from that. But really, there's no comparison between an MA in leadership and, a, and an MPQML.
0: So basically, that one's about, supposedly about leadership, but actual leadership is about thinking about yourself as a leader and, yeah. and what your values are and, yeah. and maybe sort of listening to audiobooks and things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Simon Sinek, have you um, read his book, Start With Why? I think that's... That's good. That um, gets you to think about, you know, your personal values and yep. things. Um, okay. So why is improving leadership in schools so important?
1: Because second to quality teaching, leadership has the biggest impact on your pupils. Mm-hmm. On outcomes, of course, we know outcomes is a really important thing, you know, but for them as well. So without successful leadership, you know, what, what can you give to those children? What can you give to your staff? Mm. It's the it's the key to making your school a success, mm. I think.
0: Yeah, and I think you can you can see that in schools that that are more successful, I Absolutely. guess as well. It must be hard for a school to be really successful if um, if leadership's not correct.
1: If you think about a major business, think about um, Ferrari or like the racing yeah. team. If they had a recent interview with their sort of like big team leader, and he he said oh, I, you know, I couldn't do it without my staff. We're yeah. all in this together. Yeah. And that's that speaks volumes, doesn't it? If you've got oh, somebody yeah. who's Ferrari saying this, well, in, in school, it should be the same.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. It's so true, though. I oh, mean, yeah. Even at Classroom Secrets, like, you know, the stuff that's been, um, you know, developed now, like, I don't know anything about that. No. Um, you know, obviously, I know about it because they tell me, but that's all the team, you know, that's because they want to do it. They want to drive it forward. I'm like, oh, brilliant. Yes. I'll help you with that. Yes. Um, Okay. So, can you describe a great head teacher that you know? Oh, I can. Um, It's a school I did my research in for my
1: dissertation. And when you walk into the school, from the minute you walk in, you are welcome. And you meet this man, and he's so unassuming, but he's such a cool guy. Mm -hmm. And he's relaxed, you sit down, there's no pressure, there's no strange hierarchical sort of relationship there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His staff come in and know him, the teachers come in and all the leadership team and the kids come in and he's just a lovely man Mm -hmm. and he's so welcoming and so open and so honest and so interested in everything outside his office Mm -hmm. and for me I walked in there and thought oh wow this is Mm -hmm. great absolutely even my husband who's not in education walked in there as a volunteer and said to me you need to go to that school and see how it's supposed to be done.
0: If you could wave a magic wand Mm -hmm. how would you solve the life work balance problem?
1: Oh, I'd give teachers and leaders all the time in the world to whatever they wanted. But of course, you know, we can't. Realistically, if I could give them anything, I'd give them time.
0: Yes. Because time is
1: invaluable.
0: Absolutely invaluable. That's my answer, you know, as well. Yeah. And I, I, I'm the same. You know, I think it would work perfectly if you had two teachers per class. One did the mornings, one did the afternoons. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, teachers are expecting to leave at three o'clock. You know, they're not expecting to do nine till three. And even if you had um, those half days, you're not going to do nine till three. But if you could actually do nine till five, then that would be really nice. Yeah. It would. Instead of like, you know, I don't know, 7am till 10pm, something like that. Um, okay, so who was your favourite teacher at school and why? Oh, Mr. Jones. You but we all called him Bodo or Bo
1: because that was his name because he's really cool, you mm-hmm. know, when you're in high school. He was just a nice man. That you could sit down and talk to and he was like um a friend as well as a teacher mm. and to, to me that was what i wanted to be if i look back now and think as a teacher was i successful yeah i embodied mr mr jones thanks mr jones uh, yeah you know, <laughs> because i was the one that kids were like miss can i talk to am like yeah come on come yeah. on and sit down um when i was pregnant miss miss can we can we touch your stomach i'm like yeah of course you can yeah sure no problem Open and honest, and exactly what he was. Yeah. So yeah, Mr. Jones.
0: Yeah, I find that really interesting. How not only have you described him, but it's kind of your inspiration for who you were as a teacher. I think yeah. that's really lovely. I think it was
1: subconscious as well. I didn't mean, didn't mean to do it. But like I said, like reflecting back on when it now.
0: Like,
1: yeah. Wow. Then yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Okay. This is a big question. Mm-hmm. Where do you think education needs to go in the next ten years? <sighs> well. <laughs> where do I begin? They need to,
1: the government need to think about what they actually want to do. There's so much focus on international, you know, lead tables. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it might matter. It, yeah. But you need to think about what you've got to work with.
0: Often it's incorrect as well because they don't actually tell you all the information. So, I mean, I can't tell you the exact figures or anything, but to do with the Shanghai, um, they... They don't start formal education until seven, so yep. it kind of doesn't compare at all. Yep, look at um,
1: Scandinavian schools. They go into forest school until they're seven and they start yeah. school then. And even then, it's still forest schools. How can we compare it to that? Our kids yeah. start nursery when they're three in school nursery. Yeah, yeah. And, how do and you start learning phonics sort? then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we've got to learn that too. <sighs> God, yes. Just <laughs> my, yeah. my phonics off. Yeah, and I think that the government needs to get it right yeah. for my colleagues and my friends Mm. Your friends as well, yeah, yeah, and to do their jobs, yeah, because without that, they're still going to be sort of wading through this muddy pile,
0: yeah. And it definitely feels very muddy as well, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely! Like you're stuck in a pond and you, you're trying to get out,
1: and you can't. I've got friends who want to be teachers all their lives. and um, one of them, she left teaching, or her permanent job, to be a supply teacher, and she said to me, "I don't know what else I can do. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a teacher for so long." Yeah, but where do I go? Because, yeah, look,
0: and, and I think, you know, and this is why teachers, I think, you know, obviously not all teachers, but are staying in the profession for not a long time, because just the, the, the workload. And I was, um, so I did a podcast uh, last week, and it's, it's not out yet. Um, although it might be by the time well, this, this is, comes out. Yeah. Yes. Um, and he was talking about some really dark times um, in teaching. And it was at that point when I kind of remembered, I feel like maybe, you know, like when you sort of box it off and think, I don't need to think about that again. Um, and sometimes you, I look back and didn't realise quite how traumatic it probably was yeah. for me. You know, just that constant working every single evening. I used to work all weekend. I probably did 100 hours, definitely. Um, and that's not sustainable. No. And I just think when I remember that feeling now and I think about teachers... Um, especially if they're feeling that way It makes me feel sick
1: If I think about my friends I left behind My friends and my colleagues that I've known for years It's in the pit of my stomach starts to churn Because I know what I left behind mm-hmm. And if I could have taken them with me I would have done
0: Yeah.
1: And if I think about when I was a teacher I'd just become a mum as well yeah. um, I went back And I had to work You know, I believe a house at 6 in the morning And I'd come home at 8 at night sometimes Because yeah. the traffic was really bad on the M62 You yeah. know and I'd work, at, I'd work when I got, got home I'd work at the weekend I'd never be able to switch off your brain's always on yeah. teacher mode somewhere yeah. oh I'll have that resource my classroom yeah. and that wasn't making me a good person no it wasn't doing anything for my family life no and because you never, take, never turn off never take a break that's a huge mental pressure for you yeah but teachers need to know that you have been heard
0: yeah
1: you know we hear you researchers hear you we know the pressure you're under we're teachers we've been there it's just we've got to make the government hear it as well
0: yeah yeah. And yeah, I think that's so important. It's one thing doing the research, but it's it's also making them listen. And I think, um, so Classroom Secrets are actually running a life work balance campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, in the next few weeks, I'm going to be upping um, kind of the momentum of that campaign. So at the moment, we've got about 8,000 um, entries, which sounds amazing, but I want 20,000. Oh, yeah. And some of the government um, ones that they've done, have got 400 and, and oh. they just seem deflated, the, um, the results. And I'm like, where did you get those answers from? Because that's not what I'm hearing. Um, so for me as well, it's like, it, it's getting the, the information, but also getting it in front of the right people to make an impact and having that influential, yeah. I don't really know the word for it,
1: but, you know. It's a kick, isn't it? They need to be, yeah. put, they be put in the right direction because at the end of the day, you're going to end up with burnt out stuff. And that's gonna do nothing for your international ratings, now, is it?
0: No, well,
1: (laughs) right. I mean, Ofsted priorities. Yeah, Ofsted (laughs) say, oh, we are all about well-being, but we'll we'll see, we'll see. But head teachers now have to bear the bear in mind the fact that their staff are under so much pressure, and then carry it themselves. Yes, and that puts more pressure on them. And of course, everything else at the same time. So you have a lot of mental health issues in school. And we've all been in dark places. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people that I've worked with, we've all been there. We've all had to sit in the classroom with the lights out in the evening and just think, oh, my God, how am I going to go? How am I going to do tomorrow? Yeah. How, how am I going to get up and do this all over again?
0: Yeah.
1: And that's not what it should be like.
0: No. I remember... Um, so when I were in secondary school, I, so I had, obviously, all that pressure, but then there was a lot of behaviour issues as well. And I was yes. quite young at the time. And... Um, it was like a three-floor building, and the exit on the top floor only had, because it, it was in a hillside, basically, it only had that floor on that side of the building. Okay. Um, so the top floor, you could get in at one side of the building, and all the others were facing the other way, because it was built into a hillside. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I used to climb, like, loads of stairs to get out. I used to climb, like, three flights of stairs, because I was, um, like, really far away from anyone else. And when I opened the door, it didn't matter what the weather was, even if it were pouring down rain, I would, I would be like, <sighs> and I would suck the air in like that. I just, I felt like I needed to do that just to like, it didn't de-stress me, but it made me feel better. Prepare yourself for that. I used to feel like I was just, I actually was glad of the drive home. I needed that 25 minutes to just process the day and not think because so much would happen just too too many decisions to make, too too much processing. A bit like I feel now, but in a nice way.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I used to drive home, and home for like an hour, sometimes two, sometimes more, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'd get in the car, I'd get out of Leeds, I'd get on the motorway, and what would I do? I'd cry. Yeah. And I'm not the kind of person that does that sort of thing. No. But yeah, I'd sit on the M621, and I'd be in flooded of tears. Because everything that happened that day, you know, I'd have to process it somehow. Yeah. And the things you have to know, the things you have to deal with. And I'd do it again in the morning. I'd cry before I went to school. Yeah, Do my day, cry on the way home. And it was a repeated pattern for for so long. And
0: and do you know what? Wow. Mm -hmm. Just people don't know this.
1: They don't know this. And I
0: feel like there'll be a lot of people listening going, I do that. I'm I'm not on my own. And you
1: are not alone. Absolutely not. If I tell you anything, anything from being a teacher is that I know exactly how you feel. Yeah. And that's the, that's the gap I want to bridge as a researcher, is that I've been you. I've done that job for eight years. I've been in a high-pressure environment, in a high-pressure school, in a very challenging area where behaviour is a problem. I've seen it. I've done it. I've got the T-shirt. I wear my, my mental scars. I have them.
0: Yeah.
1: And my job and uh, where I see myself is that gap between mm. what researchers say and what you are saying. Because... Mm-hmm. I am that person in the middle. Yeah. So we hear you. Absolutely. Yeah. I've been there.
0: And and I think the key, the challenge is as well, you know, so there's there's that element, but like we said before, the challenge is then making that research mean something. Yep. Um and, and having action taken on it. Um okay. So wow, that was a really nice discussion. <laughs> I like that. Um so who's your inspiration within education then?
1: I've got some name dropping. Professor Paul Miller. Mm-hmm. Is a man who essentially changed my life, as soppy as that sounds, and he knows it. Um, he's now left the university, he was a bit me my supervisor as well for my PhD, mm-hmm. and I met him and he walked in and I was terrified because he's just like, you know, really important professor. And he said, this is the only time you're going to see a PowerPoint in my session the rest of the time, we have to work. And I was like, oh. but then he knew so much and told yeah. me everything, and as a former teacher himself, from Jamaica. Moved to London, taught in secondary schools in London, and he knew so much. And he he spoke to me. He spoke to my inner teacher, mm. and said, "You know, this is how it should be." Yeah. So he's, he's my actual inspiration. All my work, if you ever read it, will have Miller references in there. So sorry, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah, absolutely, is my inspiration.
0: Okay, thank you. Um, and last question then: What did you want to be when you grew up?
1: A musician, definitely. And that's why you play seven instruments oh, is. yeah well i went to university playing three and left playing seven because you pick them up they're, that's well, amazing awesome.
0: what do you play then
1: oh god kinds of things clarinet flute saxophone piano ukulele yes wow. i Taught myself that for, for primary school i sing bass clarinet but they're all related so it's all yeah, yeah, interchangeable yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah if you need an um, instrumentalist in your school you know sign me up yeah
0: excellent <laughs> right okay well that will be in the show notes like yeah. how to book you for yeah piano yeah. playing in assemblies yeah, i can
1: play skips with my really well now
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah you practiced practicing that for years
1: learning <laughs> my skills
0: yeah well thank you so much it's been so interesting and um i'm excited to see what you do in the future uh, maybe we should schedule uh, you coming back on when um, you've got a bit more research and if you are interested in um so working with Katie on some research, then please do get in touch. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I'll come back in a year. We can catch up. Brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> Thank
0: you very much. Thank you so much for listening. I'm looking forward to seeing how Katie's research develops and whether the new Ofsted framework really is a step in the right direction in terms of school leadership. As a business owner, training isn't provided to me. I have to go and find it myself so that I am used to. I hope it's inspired more of you to do the same, to go out there and learn more to help you in your current role. You'll find everything that Katie talked about in the show notes. Let me know who else you'd like to hear from and what you'd like me to ask them. If it's the first time that you're listening to the Teachers Podcast, then check out our other episodes for some more great listens. We've been securing some more fantastic guests for you. And if you want to request that someone is on the podcast, then you can let us know in our Facebook group called The Teachers Podcast Community. This episode is now live on YouTube, so don't forget to subscribe to the channel. And did you love this episode? Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. See you next week. Thank you for listening. The Teachers Podcast is in association with Classroom Secrets, a provider of high-quality and affordable teaching resources that children love and teachers trust. To find out more, visit classroomsecrets.co.uk.